So welcome back to Civil Action with Brian Kabadek and Sean Karnicki. And Sean, my, I've never taken to calling him my compadre because I don't know compadre, what else exactly little, to call Little him. helper. Little man. Yeah, how about you call me your associate? Okay. One of the attorneys from your office. Um, normally we do a weekly review of cases that just came down from the appellate courts, from the federal bench, from Supreme Court. But this week we're doing a lot more exciting stuff. We're at the Cala Convention. Here I think, I think reviewing cases is very exciting, Shant. It's very not, especially exciting. when it's you doing it. It's just boring. People find it painfully boring. You know, the feedback is not very good at all. Do you um, see the abuse I get? Oh, yeah. It's Legitimate yeah. abuse. Yeah. 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 So we have something exciting today. Yeah, we do. We, we've got a great guest. Uh, we're here at the Cala Convention in Las Vegas, Nevada. We had to explain to Sean where Las Vegas was. He wasn't really sure. And it's not in Arizona. It's not in Arizona. And uh, at the Cala Convention, we're, we're talking with a great lawyer, a dear friend, a real contributor to the plaintiff's bar, Jake Courtney. Jake from the Girardi Firm. Jake, tell us who you are. Tell us what you do. Tell us something exciting about yourself. Uh, well, I'm Jake Courtney. I'm a lawyer. I've been at Girardi and Keese my entire career. 31 years. 32 years. 32 years. Crazy. Uh, Loyola I went, class of? 88. Okay. Yeah, and I went, I went for a summer, and I stayed for 32 years. It's, uh, think it'll stick? I, you know, I think, I think it has. What <laughs> kinds of cases do you handle? I do a, now a lot of mass tort litigation. I'm involved in the Porter Ranch uh, methane gas leak case. I'm involved in the Route 91 shooting case. Do some aviation. Currently have Lion Air cases and Malaysian Air cases. Uh, but then, you know, a little bit of everything. So, uh, Sean, we go back and forth. We get to each ask questions. Sean, your turn. I have a question. Yeah. Um, you've been at one place the whole time. Correct. Um, how did you get a gauge of, like, whether you were doing the right thing, you were in the right place, if this is what you wanted to do or not, if you want to be where you are or not? You know, you got to go all the way back to my very first week. I'm a 1L, and I don't think I have a job for the summer because I had an interview that was a ride in an elevator with Steve Ball, and he didn't say much to me, and he bought me a Coke in the back of Twinkies, and then he said, nice meeting you. And then after my first final, I got a call from him, and he said, hey, Tom Girardi's looking for you. Where are you? It's your first day at work. And I said, I got a job? It was the worst interview ever. You know, there was no interview. And uh, so I went to Nordstrom's. I bought a suit that morning. And that day I sat through trial. And it was a uh, bench trial on an insurance coverage issue. And after the week of sitting through the bench trial, Tom said, okay, we're going to submit closings, written closings. He said, were you paying attention? I said, yeah. He goes, write the closing. It's due Monday. And I said, this is a fun job. Hadn't taken evidence. <laughs> and uh, somehow figured out how to do it on a typewriter. Uh, before computers, and then every day was different. And what I what I really liked was, no two days are the same, no two years are the same. Cases are constantly evolving, and it's just been a fun challenge. Well, but that was back when Ronald Reagan was president. Yep. And the only relevance of that is it's just a long time ago. Yep. So young lawyers today, how are they going to get trial experience? Yeah, we work really hard in our firm to do that. Um, when I was a young lawyer, I tried a lot of my cases by myself. You could try a med mal case in three days. And now you can't. Um, and so it, it helps. So we, you know, as uh, being involved in a BOTA, we really are looking for ways to get people trials. And so I take a young lawyer with me to every case, no matter how small it is, no matter how big it is. And I insist on uh, having them put on witnesses, uh, picking part of the jury. It's part of the process. I tried a case in front of James Crandall uh, this summer. and uh, a How BOTA, was that? Oh, it was great. A BOTA member. And... Uh, 
he said to me, he said, I see you have a young lawyer there with you. And uh, last time I saw her, she hadn't yet passed the bar. And we have a local, local rule here in Department 33 in Orange County that if you uh, first meet the judge before you're a lawyer and then you become a lawyer, you have to put a witness on in your first trial. And she got ashen white. And sure enough, I had her put on a witness and she did great. I said to Judge Crandall, I said, now I believe there's also a local, local rule that if someone's putting on their first witness as a lawyer ever, that I can violate the big sign on your door that says no photography in the courtroom and take her picture. And he goes, that is a local, local rule. Thank you for reminding me of that. <laughs> but it's, it's great. I mean, even if they put on one witness, pick the alternates in the, in the jury under our new ABOTA guidelines, you can get uh, credit as co-lead counsel. Oh, really? And it's, it's, it's going to help get younger people to the 10 trial threshold to get into the abode of the American Board of Trial Advocates. Sean's tried seven cases with me. Excellent. Eight, maybe. I don't remember. I'm and close. Um, I'm close. haven't lost one, right? No. So what does he do to get into abode? Well, he's close. I mean, More. It, 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 it depends on what he did in the trial. I mean, you got you to gotta either pick the jury, give opening or closing. Carrying, carrying Car- my bag. Carrying your bag is important. But snacks. That, it carrying your snacks. snacks. Yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then you got to put on one witness. And uh, if you do that, you get full credit, but you do get 50, 50% credit for second share. You can accumulate points, but to get in, you need to be lead counsel, in our, our new de- definition, in, in at least 10 trials. On 10 trials. 10 different trials. Co-lead counts as well. Co-lead, yeah. 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 So yeah. That, that's, that's gotten much easier, and, and Brian's going to let you get that experience, so you'll be in, in, a, in a blink of an eye. So, so speaking of, what change have you seen in trial practice between you know, back then in 88 until now? Obviously, the biggest change is technology. I mean, I, I, I used to go into trial with a, a yellow legal pad. And, you know, every exhibit, you know, if you had an Elmo, that was new technology. Now, if you're not using PowerPoints, if you're not using companies like Juris Productions to make, you know, videos for you, you know, you're, you're behind. And the jurors need to be entertained. They need to be engaged, and if, if you're not if you're not staying current on what's happening, you're you're not going to connect, especially with the millennial jurors. What's the biggest problem in our civil justice system today? I think it's access to justice. Um, you know, I think because trials are so expensive, you you, you have uh, cases that should go to trial, but the inherent cost of the trial pro- prohibits that from happening. Is there a way to make trials cheaper, faster? You know, we've experimented with that, and I, I just don't think we've found the solution yet. I think that uh, uh, once we started having pay for the jury, pay for court reporters, you, you know, you have these insurance companies on those auto cases that they're, they're always going to lowball you because they know they can, because they know that if you have to factor in the cost of the trial to get back to a net number, they can chop your number. And I think that's, I think that's really unfair, and I think people lose, lose their right uh, to, to have that trial. And then obviously the other big issue is uh, forced mandatory arbitration and binding arbitration. That is, uh, you know, you, you shouldn't be able to go to Best Buy and, and buy a, a cell phone or a CD player and, and then give up your right to a trial. Or a credit card. Yeah, or a credit or card. Or bank account. Yeah, I mean, and, and practically that's... Practically anything. And again, that's something that, uh, you know, protecting the Seventh Amendment right to trial by jury is another big tenet of Aboda and we're really working hard with a new Save Our Juries uh, foundation initiative that we're kind of launched nationwide to keep, keep people appraised when they're losing their rights and, and how they can protect them. If you could go back to uh, 1988 and talk to Jake Courtney in 1988 over at Loyola Law School, 
Um, what, what would you? What advice would you give him? Well, it's funny because Jake Courtney is not at Loyal Law School right now, but my son Carter Courtney is in his second year oh, wow. at Loyal Law School. And my dad went to Loyal Law School, so third generation of male wow. Courtney's. So in some ways, I do that all the time where I'm talking to him as if I was talking to me. Yeah. And, and, and the most important thing I told him was I treated law school like it was a continuation of college. And, and I didn't take it seriously. Now, I ended up where I ended up, and I'm, I, I don't second guess it for a minute, but he treats it more like a job. I mean, he, he goes to school. And, uh, and he's just a little more focused. He's a little bit older, and I think that helps too. But, uh, you know, I don't know that I'd change anything. I think, I think the organic nature of how I ended up where I am and what I'm doing is it's just, it, it makes the adventure fun. Did you know Loyola has a policy or, or a practice that an alumni can give the diploma to their son, nephew, niece, daughter, so you on graduation could, day. At graduation, did you know that? I, I do know that because my brother-in-law pushed the envelope when he said, hey, I want you to give me the diploma. And I said, I really don't think they designed that program to have brother-in-laws give you the diploma. <laughs> and uh, uh, and, and I, he, I did do it. And I was sitting on the stage on the dais at, uh, at the undergrad. And I'm sitting next to a guy. And I said, oh, do you have a family member you're giving the diploma to? He said, yeah, my wife. And... Uh, I said, that's great. I said, which one is she? And he points her out. And he said, it's really impressive. You know, I'm really proud of her. It's so hard to go to law school. And in the three years of law school, she gave birth to our two kids, still graduated on time. And then when my brother-in-law came across the stage, I just went, slacker. Yeah. I mean, come on, this is, yeah. a, this is a real law student. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So I'm looking forward to doing that with my son. Yeah. Um, what is one of your favorite failures, meaning something where you've screwed something up, but a great lesson you've learned from it. Um, Hiring oh, you? God, no. Oh, you were asking him. Yeah. I'm no, sorry. I'm asking, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, you know, there, there's that old saying that we learn more from our trial losses. And, and I really believe that. Uh, I took a case that seemed like a very easy, simple case where a, uh, a woman uh, was injured when an elevator fell six stories in her apartment building. And uh, that case, which sounded so easy and simple, turned out to be a uh, 21-day trial in front of Judge Chavez, where uh, my client chose not to come to testify on the day that she was set to testify. Uh, she chose to uh, bring a DVD player and wanted to watch videos. And, and, and she, and it, I, the, the lesson, it, it's one of the great trial stories of all time, if I get into the real darkness of it. But uh, it, it turned out that, uh, uh, you know, choosing your client and really the lesson was it seemed like such a great case and such an easy case, but I didn't take the time to get to know her. And if I had gotten to know her, I would have realized I should have never taken the case. And, but sometimes we jump at a case where liability looks so good, damages look good, but you still, at the end of the day, I think good plaintiffs help you win cases. And, and difficult plaintiffs make it hard to win cases. Sean and I try to, I don't, we don't normally tell war stories, but Sean and I tried a case together where um, the client was somewhat of a problem. We did very well, but um, she decided one day after um, one of the defendants testified that she would leave the courtroom after he left the courtroom and walk down the hallway and start screaming at him. And from that moment on, we assigned my personal assistant, who's about 6'4", 6'5", 
to be her body man. Oh, you and I said, man. oh yeah. yeah, from the minute you enter yeah. the courtroom to the minute you leave at the end of the day, he will be with you. The only time he's not with you is when you go to the restroom. Because it was it was the same kind of problem. It remind as soon as you said that it reminded me of that particular yeah. client. Yeah. That that one got to the to the dark place where on her Facebook, which she told me she didn't have, uh, she posted something about the mean judge and one of her uh, followers put something on there about if that judge continues to rule against you, I'll come down there and put a bullet in his head. No. And that is a, a, an act. It's a, it's a felony. It, yeah. It's, it's an wrong. Act, it, and it's wrong. Yeah. So instead of, instead of cross-examining the uh, defense expert on the last day of evidence, I was being interviewed by the sheriff's department, and they posted a sheriff inside the door, outside the door. It just, it's one of many, many great memories of that fine trial. Well, we all have trials that are less than fun. Yep. Although that one probably has good stories that came from it, right? Oh, no, no. Great stories. I want, I want to turn it into a movie. It'd be a great one. That's great. Yeah. So at this point, we kind of have the fun part of the, of, the, um, of the interview, which is our rapid fire questions. We get to ask you any question we want to ask you. Uh, rapid fire. And uh, this time, Sean is the arbiter of good taste. So okay. if it's in bad taste, he'll, he'll, he'll shut it down. Okay. Highly unlikely. Um, so let's go. Sean? Sure. Uh, milk chocolate or dark chocolate? Uh, 100% milk for me. My wife's dark. That's right. It's a good Las choice. Vegas or Same Tahoe? Uh, Vegas. Uh, favorite movie? Uh, tough question. Easy to say Godfather. Uh, but I go traditionally with Chariots of Fire. Okay. Does Godfather 3 count no. as a movie? No. no. Godfather 2, better than Godfather 1. one. Godfather 3 doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. Okay. What famous actor, famous actor who's broke, is Francis Ford Coppola's nephew? Francis Ford Coppola's nephew who's broke is Nicolas Cage. Very good. That's right. Formerly formerly billed as Nicolas Coppola in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Did not know that. First movie he was in. Comes out of the van with Sean Penn and Eric Stoltz Mm -hmm. out of the smoker van. Is that his last name that he was born with? He was born with Coppola's last name. It changed it to Cage. Wow. Uh, I'm a I'm a wealth of trivia. If you want to, oh good, we can wanna, yeah. yeah yeah. Brian is he, he's he has a bunch of useless knowledge too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you weren't a lawyer, what would you be? Uh, professional golfer. Okay. I wouldn't make any money, but I'd yeah. be just I'd be that. out there yeah. playing golf and. You'd be like a pro at some second rut club. Yeah. Right. And you'd be you'd be like giving hey, lessons giving to lessons to people to like me. Divorce women. No, yeah. people like me. Who <laughs> <laughs> so you go back and go? What the hell have I done with yeah. my life? I'd, I'd look like Kevin Costner in Tin Cup. A great movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> great movie. Favorite Kevin Costner movie? <sighs> Might be Tin Cup. Yeah. It's a sleeper. If you had a superpower, what what would it be? Or do you have one? Uh, I do. You share yeah. it with us. Yeah, I can fly. You can fly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. Your turn, Brian. Yeah. Yeah. What's his <laughs> yeah. Let's just uh, is his name R. That. Kelly? Yeah. Is this R. Oh, Kelly? Boy. Are we oh, interviewing boy. R. Kelly? I don't think you want to accuse yeah. Jake Courtney of being R. Kelly? No. Yeah. yeah. That, that is not fly. good. Oh boy. Okay. Do I get a question? You do get a question. I, I want to sure. go back to the super question because yeah. I, I I do have a superpower. Uh, I can run a mile and drink four beers in under seven minutes. Think H- about. Have you tried this? I did it. I did it last week. Wow! And, and uh, it's called a beer mile. It's, it's catching on. It's all the rage. I was going to uh, say, Sean and I can't run a mile in under seven minutes, but I could just say, Sean and I can't, can't run, run a, a mile. mile. Period. Yeah. End yeah. of sentence. I, I know we you're could both. Do the beer part. I know you're both capable of drinking four beers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We could do the beer part. Yeah. yeah. Right. We're doing yeah. good at it. We're professional. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's see. Last round of questions. 
Uh, I'll go ahead. You go first. No, you go first. I'll, I'll go first. Think of a good one. Uh, favorite meal. Or Ooh. Brian called it earlier today, your last meal. Ooh, the last meal. Last meal. Yeah, I, I've always thought that was weird that they give the guy they're about to kill a last meal. Right. And then the guy yeah. the guy has like a lobster dinner and it's like, you know what? Yeah. They're killing you. I mean, just just eat something awful for you. Do yeah. something just like yeah. seven gallons of ice cream. You know? So what just, would yours be? Would it be seven gallons of ice cream? No, no, no. I, I, mine would be a carne asada burrito from El Gringo Mexican Restaurant in Hermosa Beach. Uh, please visit with your friends and come off it. Yeah. Okay. So do you have an ownership I interest? I might have an ownership in El Gringo. <laughs> do you have an ownership interest in it? How long has that place been around? Uh, it opened when I was in law school. It's right across the street from my parents' house. So a plug for El Gringo? Yeah, El Gringo. Okay, yeah. any other plugs you want to give us? No, that's it. That's all I got today. Before we get done. Hey, Jake, you've been great. Thank you very much for being with us on Civil Action. Sean, where can people find Civil Action? They can find us at kbklawyers.com, uh, on Apple Podcasts, I think, and they rate us, review us. Check us out. You want to get in touch with Jake Courtney, you can reach out to him. He's at Girardi Keys. And uh, thank you for tuning in. Thank, thank you, you gentlemen. This was great. Very thank enjoyable. You.